Welcome to Zeocast, six questions for industry leaders in unmanned aerial systems, geospatial, and the industries that surround them. Brought to you by Zeo Air. Sit back and enjoy this week's guest. On Zeocast with Bronwyn Morgan is Vic Moss. Vic is the founder of Moss Photography, a full-service B2B commercial photography firm. He is also a FAA drone pilot, FAA safety rep, and the COO and vice president of the Drone Service Providers Alliance. Vic is also now a member of the FAA Drone Advisory Committee, where he helps steer regulations and considerations for the industry, representing the interest of owner-operator service providers. Join me in welcoming Vic Moss. Vic Moss, thank you so much for joining us on Zeocast today. We're happy to have you. And thank you very much for the invitation. Absolutely. You are a very busy man right now, very (laughs) much in demand. Uh, We want to learn more about that. Uh, I know that you and I are both FAA certified drone pilots, uh, but you also are an esteemed member of the new FAA Drone Advisory Council. Tell us a little bit more about you, Vic, and how you have found your way onto this council. Oh, that would be awesome. Thank you. Um, I'm a photographer by trade. I've actually, uh, I'm one of those weird people that have an art degree. Uh, that actually use it. So um, I got a degree in photography in 1988, and I've had my own company since then. Um, so um, when when drones came out, to me, it's just like, hey, that's the most the highest, tallest, most versatile tripod I can own. Mm-hmm. So got one, got into it, started uh, using it, offering it to my clients, and uh, that's pretty much all I really wanted to do with drones was use them and have fun mm-hmm. with them and fly them. And uh, here in Colorado, about that same time, we started having some legislatures that were talking about making drone laws here in Colorado that would have restricted things. So I went to a meeting of a company or an organization called Colorado Aerial Media Pros and said, hey, who's working with the legislature on all this stuff? Well, nobody was. So I I left that meeting as the legislative liaison for Colorado Aerial Media Pros. And then from there, it's just kind of snowballed. Um, to the point now where, as you mentioned, I'm on the Drone Advisory uh, Committee. And um, we were appointed, uh, Kenji Sugahara and I were both appointed last month Mm -hmm. uh, in a new stakeholder group called the um, Citizen UAS Operators. Hmm. What is that? It's basically uh, drone service providers, people who fly drones Mm -hmm. for a living. Mm -hmm. Until then, there was nobody on the committee, on the DAC, as it's called, that um, fl- fly drones for a living. I mean, everybody who's mm-hmm. on it really needs to be on it and deserves to be on it. So I'm not taking, right. I'm not trying to take away anything from the members that are there, but we right. were not represented. We certainly had people there representing for us. Um, Brennan Shomer from DJI was there. He was one of our biggest advocates. Uh, he is not there now. He, um, he did his two seasons there and uh, is not on the current roster. And we had AMA there and we had a couple people that uh, Mark Colburn, who's actually a 107 operator, but he's also works for the Dallas PD or did at the time. So we had people on there, but wasn't anybody there that basically flew drones for a living. You know, they know what it's like to get up at three o'clock in the morning and get ready and be on site and what rules you have to do and all that good stuff. So um, Kenji and I both applied along with a number of other well-qualified drone operators, I might add. Mm-hmm. And um, he and I were actually selected, selected as, wow. uh, as that new stakeholder group. Um, it was kind of surprising we both were in that we're both part of the Drone Service Provider Alliance. 
Right. We weren't both part of that at the initial. Um, I was actually, I'm, I'm a selected as the owner of Moss Photography, not as drone service provider, okay. uh, Alliance member. Uh, Kenji was as the uh, CEO and president of DSPA. Uh-huh. So, but um, he called me and let me know he was on there. And um, as I was on the phone with him, I got an email and I said, hey, wait a minute. Check my email. It's like, hey, guess what? We're both there. <laughs> right. So um, wow. it, was, it was an exciting day for us. And um, we're looking forward to it. Our first um, meeting is next week, the 24th, I believe. Okay. Um, and uh, we got our uh, we got the uh, schedule this morning. So it's going to get real, real fast here. It sure will. Mm-hmm. And we are going to be looking forward to the input uh, from, you know, peers like you. Right. Who are providing that kind of everyday, more operational experience and, and thought leadership that's that's needed. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and I know you've been busy uh, <laughs> actually going around and talking about the new rulemaking. Right. Um, and so with these new regulations on night flight and flight over people, what excites you most about the progress we're seeing in Part 107 operations? Well, it's it's it's. As as a drone service provider, it really excites me. As as an FAA safety team drone pro, I'm a little scared, but mm-hmm. <laughs> let me say why first. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've had the restrictions um, in place. Um, flights over people have been have been a huge issue. You know, it really limits what we can do as drone service providers because we can fly safely over people. That's been proven. Um, right. You know, if if obvious safety mitigations are taken into account, um, in night ops well, there were. Oh, gosh, I should have looked this up. I think there were 3,500 different night waivers or daylight waivers, technically. Uh And the night operations have been spotless. You know, safe, spotless safety records, no incidents, none of that kind of stuff. So the FAA realized, hey, you know what? We really don't need to make this a waiverable issue. Let's just put the rules in. Let's let's do a little bit of training and let's do a little bit of exactly what you need to do, like like the three statute mile strobes um, Uh on your drone. It's visible by three statute miles, I should say. Right. I try not to talk in FAA language, but as sometimes I do. It's hard Sorry not about to, that. Right. Um, right. And so it's just going to be you take the test, um, initial test after uh, March 1st, or you take your recurrent training, not testing because that's going away, after March 1st. Then your current, and uh, on March 16th, you can start flying at night without a waiver. And you can fly very, very limited uh, operations over people uh, starting March 16th, Uh if you've taken your initial or if you've taken your um, recurrent training at that time. Right. Well, this is very important. And these dates are very critical Mm -hmm. for people to understand. Very critical. And to to really understand the rules and the regulations here, this does not mean anybody can just go out and fly unfettered uh, without understanding the details of of what all this means, because that could have some very serious repercussions. And and that brings up the double-edged sword. (laughs) Uh-huh. And, and people, and I, even this morning, I had somebody reach out to me um, who has a, an, over, you know, an ops over people waiver. And he was saying, well, this means I can just put, put prop guards on my drone and fly it over people, right? And I said, no, 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 no. You know, you have to make sure that you understand what the rules are. You know, it very, and on the 16th, it'll be just category one, March 16th. And that means uh-huh. under 250 grams and you have to have your props covered. Um, and uh-huh. there aren't very many drones out there that, that are do that. Um, you know, the Tello comes to mind. Um, uh-huh. And I've got a small little uh, Beta FPV 95X with a GoPro on it. And that, that, that weighs in at 190 grams, uh, 90 grains, uh-huh. sorry, grams, whatever uh-huh. I'm trying to say. Uh-huh. Uh, and, that, uh-huh. and that can fly over people. Um, and okay. even still, people need to realize that until remote ID comes out, you can't fly anything over 
um, a, uh, um, uh, a group of people, basically it's, right. it's, um, open air assembly is the wording they use, but that could be anything right. from a football game to here in Denver, we have the 16th street mall, which it's, mm-hmm. it's a pedestrian mall in downtown Denver. And during the summer, you know, the, all the restaurants are open. Well, the restaurants that can be open right now. Um, right. You know, and so you've got a ton of people walking up and down the mall in lunchtime. That's going to be an open air assembly. So people uh-huh. need to really, really make sure they understand the rules so they don't get in trouble. Absolutely. Uh, we did a whole deep mm-hmm. dive with mm-hmm. you that we're going to be publishing at airversity.com awesome. so that people can learn. But there's so many classes and, 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 and webinars that are happening right, right. now. Uh, so people can, can learn what this Absolutely. is because it is very detailed. Yeah, very much detailed. Um, it, it, it will make things better. But people mm-hmm. need to understand that it's just not, yay, we can fly at night and over people with our M600s all day long. That's not how it works. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, what do you think are still the biggest stumbling blocks in the industry for easier operations? Um, well, the new rules help get rid of some of those like we just talked about. But the biggest right. stumbling block we have for scaled operations still has to be beyond visual line of sight. Um, yes. And that is is coming. Uh, ConOps. Uh, three is coming. And so that will help address some of that with, uh, with the UTM, which is unmanned traffic management system. Um, we're still a ways away um, from the uh, BV loss operations as standard operations. Um, but we're, we're getting there. We're taking a small steps. Mm-hmm. The FAA moves very slowly because it's a very safety based um, agency. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, they're moving a lot slower than we'd like a lot slower than the industry would like, but, um, you know, compared to manned aviation, they're moving a lot faster than they have in the past. So we're, we're looking Absolutely. forward to working uh, alongside them with that. Um, they understand it's an issue and they want, they want us to get out there. They want us to get out there and make money and fly safe. That's their goal. It really is. The FAA is mm-hmm. not out there to take us out of the sky. Oh, mean old FAA. Right. That's not how it works. You and I both know people in the FAA and they're all great people to a person. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I would agree with that. And this is, this is heavy lifting. Mm-hmm. I mean, this, there's a lot of small aircraft out yep. here being operated by a, a lot of very different people with a, a lot of very different skill exactly. levels. And, you know, it's not like hopping in, you know, a, a major jetliner <laughs> where you've got lots of training and, and certifications right. and, and you've, you've got to pass certain mm-hmm. tests and demonstrate this. So we do have to be careful because they can be very yep. dangerous if not properly managed. Yep. Um, and based on that, you know, and based on your role as, as a civilian operator, do you think that our comments and our engagement is really making a difference with our input uh, with the FAA? And how do we get more involved as civilian operators? Um, as far as input, absolutely. We had, what, 53,000 almost or just over 53,000 comments on the ops over people or on the remote ID um, NPRM. Um, and it made some major changes from the NPRM to the final rule. So, yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. We're doing that. Um, and the F, you know, we're making a difference. We really are. That's obvious there. There was even, we even made a difference when the NPRM came out with 107. Um, there were some small right. little differences there. So the FAA does listen to us because not most of them, um, most people in the FAA don't understand drones. And, they, you know, they don't have to. I'm not saying they need to. Um, but they're really very willing to um, to listen to us and whether that means you know an email to uashelp.faa.gov or uashelp at faa.gov sorry um or uh you know there are one of the things if you look at the at the, at the previous DAC meetings there there are emails that are sent to people on the DAC or to the DAC in general 
um, that are then put into the in, into the official comments. So yes, absolutely, we're making a difference. Um, the short little comments that begin and end with four letter words are not very helpful, but um, mm -hmm. <laughs> there were a lot of those. Mm -hmm. um, I'm you know, sure the FAA wants to hear from us. They want to hear what you know what what we think will work because you know what they don't have the answers either. Right. And the DAC being, of course, a joint advisory uh, committee. Mm -hmm. Okay. And is and so should people just email them directly, email people like you? You did mention, uh, you know, UAS help. What, what's the best way to, to make sure that people are being heard? Well, you can definitely email myself or Kenji. Um, and we're, right. we're, we're easy to find on the internet. If you can't find our email addresses on the internet, you don't know how to use Google. <laughs> we'll, we'll, oh, put, we'll put it in the yeah. notes Just Either, you know, either yeah. one of us, our DSPA Alliance uh, email addresses. That's why we started the DSPA is to be the, be, right. to be the voice. Uh, but you can certainly do things like email, uh, email FAA, email, uh, you know, UAS help at FAA.gov. That's a good one. Say, hey, you know, I'm not looking for help, but this is a suggestion. Can you pass it along to the appropriate people? Um, so yeah, absolutely. Helpful emails, no matter how you get them in front of people are helpful emails, um, and things exactly. like that. So, um, one thing people do need to realize though, when it comes to the DAC the drone advisory committee is that we don't set the table. Um, the FAA sets the table and the agenda and we then use our knowledge base, whether it's us or Amazon or, or, or whoever, um, mm -hmm. to then give input to whatever is on that plate. So, um, you know, people are saying, Hey, do this, do this, do this on the deck. And that's not how it works as much as we'd like it to. Um, but right. no, it, it's, uh, it, um, you know, it, our input will then be put into the task groups that are formed out of what the FA would like us to study. Got it. That, uh, that adds some texture yeah. to it versus just, you know, free and open yeah. input. That'd be, that would be that, nice, that, but we've got 35 different members from 35 different communities from different, different right. stakeholder groups. And so, yeah, if it's everybody pushed their agenda, we'd never get anything done. So, um, yeah, federal advisory done. committees are very, very are run very rigidly. Um, yeah, rigidly yeah. is probably well, as well they the should right be. word. But, but, yeah. But within a framework Bing. that you can actually get Much better done. wording. Much better wording. Yeah. Well, if you were advising... Uh, someone uh, who wants to join the industry now, you know, versus some of us that did, you know, mm -hmm. years ago, uh, what advice would you give them on being successful with, you know, things changing, complexity changing, costs mm -hmm. potentially increasing? How, how would you advise them? Um, what I like to, because I get this question a lot, um, is, you know, what skill set do you bring to the table? You know, me, I was a photographer, so I've got that skill set. And I've also now developed videography of skills um, because the drone, the natural extension of drones is videography. Um, if you're into GIS, so that, you know, ge geospatial, uh, bring that to the table. Mm -hmm. um, if you're search and rescue, bring that to the table. You know, a lot of people, and we see this a lot in the forums, I'm sure you see it a lot as well, is, you know, hey, I just got my Mavic Air 2, or even worse, my Mavic Mini 2, or Mini 2, it's not a Mavic Mini. Mm -hmm. You know, how can I make money with this? It's like, well, I love your enthusiasm. First of all, I try not to shoot them down right away. Um, but, you know, right. kind of bring them down a little bit to the level of you know, reality level. It's like, okay, yeah, this is great. You know, you need your 107, obviously, if they're in, if they're in the United States. Um, and then you just start that process of what, what skills do you bring to the table? Do you do inspections? Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, flying the drone is the easy part. You know, what right. vertical do you want to do? You know, what is your skill set? Do you have the business acumen? You know, you're, you're a business. You know how to run a business. Right. Um, but right. I always tell people, if you've got the desire and the skill, 
and, 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 you know, desire really is even more than more important than skill and the ability to just right. spend some time and learn this, then you, you'll be successful, you know, no matter what you do in life, mm-hmm. if you've got the desire, desire and the skill, you're going to be successful. Um, That's you know, and, and the, and the, the ability to actually do it, um, you'll be successful. But I always say, don't quit your day job yet. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a lot. Yep. There's a big leap between buying that first small yep. drone and then turning this into yep. a business. Yep. Um, and so with that, um, how does the smaller drone operator compete with the larger entities? I mean, part of the concern in the industry right now is it's just going to be the big guys. And granted, you've got the Amazons and the UPSs that are focusing on things like delivery. Um, but, you know, is, do you see a future? And, you know, this, this might be a, a magic uh, ball that I'm asking <laughs> you to look in that doesn't have an answer completely yet. But um, how do you compete with these larger, you know, entities that are starting to grow? Is, is that, do you think there will always be room for the smaller 100%. operators? 100%. Um, I, I'm not in the camp, I'm, you know, I'm not into the camp of big folks are going to take it over. Um, I really honestly mm-hmm. don't. Now, if you're talking power line inspections and, and that kind of stuff, yeah, you're going to have to be part of a big organization to do that. You know, the small drone service provider is not going to be hired by an energy company um, to go out and inspect all their power lines. Um, it's going to go through aggregators. And there's a number of them out there doing that. And so that in that mm-hmm. aspect of it, absolutely, you know, you're going to need to be a team player. Um, but the vast majority, and I mean vast majority, of drone service providers are the small one, two, three-man operation, um, or three-women operation, I should say. Um, and and mm-hmm. there's always going to be room for that. There's The, the automation mm-hmm. that everybody talks about is not going to happen in a lot of these industries. Uh, the creative industries will... will in my opinion, <laughs> never be taken over by the, right. by, by automation because you you right. there's no such thing as AI that can think like a creative. Will it happen? Maybe exactly. I'm not a computer scientist, um, you know. But I, you can plan a flight. You can go and do, you know. You can plan. This is what this is how I want it to go. This is what I want to do with the imagery. But it's that that innate sense of creativity that the humans have that a machine can never have. Um, and so for that aspect of it, um, there's always going to be room for the small operators. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I could see that. I could, And that makes a lot of sense, the way that you've put that in, you know, those particular mm-hmm. verticals uh, versus, you know, inspection and, and mapping act where you've got, you know, larger, uh, more mechanized right. uh, systems, but where you've got a lot, you know, a need for a lot mm-hmm. more finesse uh, and detail that that certainly well even even sense. an inspection um, and mapping you're still going to need you know the, the smaller operator can still do that because there's always going to be those smaller um, companies that might not want an in-house so small construction companies mm-hmm. um, small roofing companies something like that um, where they can use somebody who's got the drone ability you know you're roofing you're, you know let's say you're, you're inspecting a roof on a house yeah you can have a program that does that but you know my house i've got a big old huge linden tree over my front <laughs> my front the front of right. my house and it keeps me nice and shaded in the summer <laughs> um you can't do a program that, that, that that'll fly around that tree um you know That's and true. you know same thing with mapping you're going to have you know you can sit down and do a map but you need somebody on site for now that can push that button and keep an eye on things. And, you know, boy, in the prelims or in the, in the, in the thing we looked at, that building didn't exist next door. And now they built this eight story mm-hmm. building next to it. And okay, we need to change on, you know, we need to go on site and change things. So there's always going to be that ability, even in those two fields, I believe. 
That is good input. Well, Vic, there's so much that we can <laughs> talk about. We definitely want to have you back. Where can people find you if they're looking for you? We'll also put this in the notes, but where can people find you? Uh, well, a um, couple of different things. First of all, my photography website is mossphotography.biz, so .biz. Okay. Um, and then uh, mm -hmm. the Drone Service Provider Alliance, or our, our, our advocacy arm, is uh, dspalliance.org. Wonderful. Well, we'll make sure we put all that awesome. in all your contact information and social media in the notes. And we want to thank you for representing uh, civilian operators on the DAC. And we look forward to talking with you in the future. Those have been your six questions. Thank you so thank much you for, for joining the invitation us today. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Geocast is a podcast dedicated to all things unmanned and geospatial. Only six questions per guest so you can get the essence of their wisdom. Brought to you by Zeo Air, an outsourced AI-based drone services and data management company. www.zeoair.com <laughs>